Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Weisscast. I am your host, Aaron Weiss, along with the co-host. Hi, everybody. I'm Bryant Stinson. Hope you're having a spectacular Friday. You know what? I hope you're having a spectacular Friday as well, everyone. Bryant, how's your Friday? My Friday's been good, man. It's been a good, it's been a good few days. It's been real good. There's so much Star Wars content right There's now. There's so much Star Wars content. I can't. I can't stop. Can't stop smiling. Love, I love it. Oh, Wait, man, it, it's so good. It's so it's so good. Everything's been so good. It's just I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. Uh, so first of all, let's let's ask Siri a joke, and then we can get into our articles for the week. I hope it's better than last week's. Yeah, me too. Hey Siri, tell me a joke. Okay, pun alert. Why wouldn't the oyster give up her pearl? She was shellfish. Oh that, was, that was worse. Yeah. <laughs> it was worse. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Honestly, if Siri hadn't given uh, a pun alert disclaimer, um, I think it would have been fine. Uh, but honestly, I'm kind of happy for the disclaimer because I don't always like puns. Yeah. I love a good pun, but I don't like being warned that a pun is incoming. <laughs> So. <laughs> so. All right, let's hop right into the articles. <laughs> Time for some news. Brian, what you got on the deck for us? So many of us know that Disney Plus blessed us with its presence. It's very buggy, clearly not ready for 10 million people presence. <laughs> on Tuesday. So true. Um, well, the interesting thing was that I was listening to a podcast by Vox that they do daily. And this okay. one was about television. And in particular, it was talking about the streaming wars. Mm-hmm. And there are way more streaming services than... Yep. I thought there were right now. So just to get people up to speed, obviously we have Netflix, we have Hulu, and we have Amazon Prime. AKA the original three. Yeah, AKA the original three. Um, HBO Now, which will be changing. And then we have CBS All Access, which is the only way that you can watch the um, new Twilight Zone made by Jordan Peele. It's pretty good. So in, and so we have um, Apple TV Plus, which yep. just which just came not too long ago. Disney Plus obviously showed up as well. We have HBO Max, which is coming May of next year, and then Peacock from NBC Universal will be here in April of next year. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine streaming services. And, and I, you're leaving out some, technically. 
I am leaving out some technically. Like like DC um, yeah. and Crunchyroll. Right. Uh, those are those are two really popular ones as well. Those are very, and the reason I left those out is because those are very niche. They are like, niche. They're, they're very niche. I'd say Crunchyroll is a little less niche. Yeah. Um, because it's actually it, it's anime that people already watch, whereas DC is one hundred percent original content. Right. But yeah, go on. What were you What were you saying about the? Yeah, with with all of these streaming services, the question that is posed is we are in the middle of like a streaming war mm-hmm. right now. And the question is who's going to come out on top? That's one of the questions rather. Who's going to come out on top of the streaming war? But the other question is what is the streaming war doing for pop culture TV right now? And the what what Vox was talking about was the fact that the Game of Thrones season, no, it's not season, series finale may be one of the last instances where an entire culture of people gather around a television and watch an episode together. It may, they may be one of the last instances where people gather around the TV and watch an episode together. And if that's the case, Kind of it, it that doesn't do great things for TV watching culture, you know. <clears throat> it it doesn't, but I also disagree with that. Okay. Because Disney Plus is making that model where shows come out weekly. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so they're not all available at once. The whole season's not all available. So like, for example, in a few years. Hopefully, hopefully it's years down the road when the Mandalorian is coming to a close. Hopefully people will gather around and watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, Hulu has been doing the weekly release for a while, um, at least ever since um, Handmaid's Tale. They might have been doing it since before that. Um, I think more and more. So shows are are kind of doing that. I think Netflix pioneered it, um, not pioneered it, but like for a streaming service a number of years ago. I forget the name of the show, but it was like all humans un- above the age of like twenty two disappeared. Forget the name of that show, but it was a weekly release. Um, I, I, I culture streaming culture TV culture definitely is changing as a whole, but I don't think that it'll affect. Like, I don't think it'll necessarily affect the whole, the way that TV is watched because I think more companies are realizing like, Oh, it used to be a big thing to gather around and watch episode a week. Like, I think I think that helps more for ratings. I think it helps with quality of TV show. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that they had that take despite Disney Plus doing only weekly episode releases. Well, here's why they had that take. Okay. Um, the reason they had that take is because 
what what it does so so the the event of gathering around a television and watching a show together kind of creates a a bit of a monoculture around that around that series and it's something that is accessible to many people it's right. something that's accessible to many people whereas while disney plus is up with is adapting a model that allows people to um only watch episodes weekly opposed to giving them all the episodes at once so they can binge it um like netflix has done not everybody will have disney plus mm -hmm. and so you have a very specific section of people that can watch these things but it is not going to span popular culture across the board. It's the same thing with Netflix and Hulu. Like not everybody has every streaming service available and thus they cannot watch every series. So so the, it, there's there's something there's something about having a television show that that generally people watch and know what it is. There may be many people who don't know what's what the handmaid's tale is because they don't have Hulu. So That's fair. You know, um, but generally people would know what the mass singer is. Yeah, because the mass singer comes on cable and it has a huge following. It's a is a very pop culture show. People yep. know what the Simpsons is because yep. the Simpsons airs on Fox. Right. So there's so so there's it, it's not necessarily a a bad thing, but it is definitely a change that instead of having a kind of single like cult like pop culture focus. <sighs> mm -hmm surrounding television we instead might have a bunch of little semi-cultures that are in conversation with one another which isn't necessarily bad yeah you yeah, know you i just realized kind of why they might have said that and it's because every sunday at 9 p.m you could count on that new episode of game of thrones and disney plus is purposely releasing the new shows late at night like midnight or 1 a.m. or something like that um with the intent of people watching them over the weekend mm. i think and um yeah it's just so weird because you know for the longest time hbo was just that that premium cable add-on and then then they came out with their subscription service their first one was hbo go which you got for free with your cable add-on i think and now they have they have hbo now which is a completely separate service that is standalone and then i don't even know what hbo max is going to be like i have no idea it, it does. It doesn't make sense to me why it exists um, or is about to exist. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I can kind of I, I I see where Vox is coming from now. That like all these shows like throughout the t history of television have had a set time and day that they air, and um, I you and I like way back used to watch Walking Dead at my apartment. Mm -hmm every week so like that was always a big thing and yeah this is just completely different like 
I think the way that these shows are going to steep into pop culture are different. I think I don't think Mandalorian will have a problem steeping into culture because it's part of Star Wars. I don't think that Disney the Disney Plus wall is going to stop it from steeping into culture. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that show that Stranger Things, for example. Um, on Netflix has gotten as popular as it is because Netflix is like it's not it's not niche like DC is it's niche in the sense that not everyone has it yeah um, it does have more broad interests throughout the whole service but it's just niche in the sense that not everyone has it but somehow Stranger Things has started to creep into culture. And it, I mean, pretty much single-handedly a couple years ago made the eighties cool again. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to just see how I thought, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this um, plays out. Obviously who ends up, uh, what services end up surviving, what services end up going the way of the Dodo. Um, I think all of it will be be really interesting to see. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was a really good that was a really good article and just a really good take on kind of where pop culture, where, where television mm-hmm. pop culture is heading. So I, I thought it was a, a really cool article. I, I I was talking about this the other day with a couple people. Um, I don't know if streaming services were ever the answer to cable. I think cable was always was always going to be on the way out, but I think moving um, cable providers slash options to the internet was always inevitable. So, like, there's DirecTV that has their monthly thing that's just all on the internet. YouTube TV has it. Um, There's Sling Television. Like, I... And Hulu Live. I think... I think I wish those had come out around the same time Netflix had come out. And I think we would be seeing more. um, I think we would be seeing more of the, this, those TV subscriptions as opposed to streaming subscriptions. Cause um, I think YouTube TV has it right. Like I love being able to watch live TV, live sports. um, But I also like, having access to on-demand things and or um dvring things um like <laughs> before disney plus i had the entirety of the simpsons on youtube tv um and it was nice to be able to watch it there and like I could either watch it on FX because they show it every night on FX pretty much, or I could watch it on demand. Um, I think, I, I I think that those models are a little bit, they, they seem like more of a natural evolution than streaming. I feel like in a way streaming was like ahead of its time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Even though it's very popular, like usually when people say ahead of its time, it's like, unpopular when it first come out yeah people uh, love yeah um 
but yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. I I look forward to seeing in like one, two, five years where where streaming's at if it's more fragmented or less fragmented. Yeah, and you know, and I don't I don't want to you know riff riff too much in what I and I don't want to you know start a completely <clears throat> separate conversation too. But the interesting thing about how how the streaming how the streaming wars could play themselves out is. Um, kind of what ends up happening in the way of like net neutrality, mm-hmm. for example. So, for example, let's say in a post net neutrality world, um, your your cable provider could charge you more. No, you're not your cable provider. Your internet service provider could charge you more for Netflix than say HBO Max if you're mm-hmm. an AT and T subscriber, or um, you know, so it's like Netflix might not do as well. It's become so synonymous with streaming that I think that Netflix will ultimately be fine in the long run. It's like Google. Yeah. It's like Google being synonymous with searching for things on the internet, mm-hmm. right? Like they become so synonymous with streaming, I think they'll be fine. But it's interesting that you see a lot of streaming services now tethering themselves to cable providers. It's like Peacock when it comes out. When it comes out, it's it's tied to Comcast, which is one of the largest cable providers in the world. So, uh, you know, there in in a post net neutrality world, there could be instances where you could be charged more for Netflix than you could than the or would be for like HBO Now or Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how all of that plays out and how that tends to how that may affect um, kind of the the options that people have and the content that those services will provide. Yeah. I would kind of like, I, I would really like the services to get narrowed back down. Um, someone was saying the other day, I think, who was it? I don't remember, but it might have been Aaron Hargrove. Um, he was saying that he would like to see more um, kind of cooperation between the streaming services. So, like on Hulu, you can add on HBO. Same with Amazon Prime. And I think you can do that with like the what what is it? Cinemax and Stars, like all of those. Yeah. On on Hulu and Amazon. Um that would be I think that seems oh, you can even do it with CBS. Um like well, on Amazon Prime anyways. Um that's how I had CBS all access for a few months. Um yeah, I I would like to see more cooperation with them because I feel like they're not really losing money. They're you, like you still have to pay for it. You just pay a little less. Um, and if it's already built into another app, that's that's one less app that you have to download or whatever, you know. Right. Um, but I mean, big companies. There's not going to be as much synergy. No, definitely not. It's whatever. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But hey, speaking of streaming services and big evil corporations, (laughs) (laughs) let's give our impressions of Disney Plus. Uh, How have your first few days with the service been? Yeah, Disney Plus experienced a really buggy launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a really hard time getting onto Disney Plus for at least the first hour 
of Tuesday. It was around like nine or so in the morning. I was I was like trying to just thumb through content and it would always send me back to like the the um, homepage of Disney Plus. Um, I do like the way that it's um, I do like the way that it's built. So mm-hmm. you can you have your you have your search bars, you have your you have your things that are split into categories, whether that be movies or TV shows or animated series or musicals or whatever. But you also have these five bubbles that are kind of will will mash things together for you because um, there's so much in the catalog. So you have a bubble just for Disney, you have a bubble just for Pixar, a bubble for Marvel, a bubble for Star Wars, and a bubble for Nat Geo. And so you can you can click on one of those and it will take you to all of their content that they have on those. Um, Disney Plus does not have the um, just go ahead and play the next episode feature. Um, really? Like, yeah, well, so sometimes oh. sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Maybe it's a setting. Oh, to like skip the countdown, you mean? No, so like I would get to the end of an episode. So I watched an episode of, I think, Star Wars The Clone Wars the other day. Okay. And I got to the end of the episode and it didn't take me to the next episode, but then there was an instance where I watched something and it did take me to the, to the next episode. So I don't know if that was just something that I did or something that Disney plus has going on in particular, but um, I would imagine that Disney would probably try to do something different. um, That would not be similar to Netflix where you just kind of let, let the episodes lead into one another. Um, I, Um, I feel like it did on my experience have that, but I, I could be wrong. Um, cause I haven't really sat down to watch more than one episode of anything. Um, so my Disney plus impressions. Are very non. Um, I, I was able to get on, I, I think the first thing I watched was Darkwing Duck. Great show. Um, but then, um, that, uh, that was like kind of first thing in the morning. So I just like logged on on my phone. Um, was at home all day, came home, uh, that night, uh, later was getting ready to go to bed, wanted to watch Disney plus, uh, put a movie on. Um, and this isn't Disney Plus's fault. This is the main. My, my TV has a built in Chromecast and, um, be, because it's built in the firmware updates a little later than regular Chromecast. Um, and then also it's a smart TV. There's no app for Disney plus. And so I have, um, I have to log on like a console or something. And so I logged on on my PlayStation because my PlayStation has an automatic turn off feature after so long. Um, and, 
AirPlay, but AirPlay, I don't know if you've ever used AirPlay, but it really sucks. Um, I've never used it. Your phone unlocked and interact like every 10 minutes in order for it to stay streaming, um, which is really annoying. There's no point. Like if you're just like if you want to throw something on TV, you don't want to hold your phone the whole time, you know. Um, yeah. So again, that's not necessarily Disney Plus's fault. Here, here's where the Disney Plus stuff. Here's where the mix comes in. So last night, uh, me and AJ were looking through uh, Disney Plus on uh, the living room TV looking for something to watch. And there was a lot of things that we knew weren't on Disney plus yet um, listed, but you click on them and it says coming sometime. They give a date. So for example, I saw one was like coming May 1st, 2020, but the farthest one I saw out was like 2022. So like, why even list it? Like why, why put it on your app? Like, that that's something that's Netflix is great about. They'll say they'll give a press release saying that something's coming, but they will not put it on their app until it's actually on their app. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I forget exactly what all. I think one of them was Beauty and the Beast, maybe. Um, I Pirates of the Caribbean at Dead Man or, or Dead Man Tell No Tales was one of them. Um trying to think of what else there 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 was a few and yeah it was just like we know you have contract with netflix until a certain time like why even list it right now but um it's just weird that they have things listed that aren't already on there um but that being said their their selection is really good very nostalgic um the way that it's ordered is weird because even if you go like either Disney films or series A through Z, it's not in alphabetical order. Yeah. Have Have you noticed that? I have. I have, which makes which makes the volume of of choice almost overwhelming. Yeah. It really does. Because um, what was I looking for the other day? Oh, I. I was watching I was watching Aladdin and the King of Thieves and all I did I was like s- s- scrolling through and I saw there was Aladdin and then there was Aladdin and King of Thieves and I'm like why is Return of Jafar not on here but then later we were scrolling through and I saw it just randomly randomly yeah so it's almost like they got someone there's like because some of it is in alphabetical order, which is weird. Um, but then some of it's not. So it's like they got people to just kind of like lazily put things almost in alphabetical order. Um, and then they like went back and thought they were done. And then like, oh, crap, I forgot some things. So I'm just going to I'm just going to dump them all right here. Um, That's what happens when you just when you promise that many titles at yeah. lunch, and but you don't, but you like, couldn't be bothered to actually like sort them to make it easier for your clientele to thumb through it. And I think that you can tell like that 
Well, I say you can tell. I don't want to say that they didn't that they didn't try to organize things, but I will I will say that it looks like there's a distinct cutoff point where they were just like they can search for it and they just put it in. And yeah. Like, you know. And to be fair, that it really is kind of like a nitpicky thing because we really could just search for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um but I don't know. Sometimes if I'm scrolling through, I just like I, I like the dis, uh, the sense of discovery a little yeah. bit more. Um, but so I, let's see. I'm going to name all the show. I've watched Mandalorian, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, I've watched a couple episodes of Even Stevens. Still really funny. Oh, uh, I watched Darkwing Duck. Um, a couple episodes of the original DuckTales. Wow. Um, and then I watched Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which as a kid, that was my favorite Aladdin movie. Now I appreciate the first one for what it is. Um, it's a lot better, but there's there's arguably more action in King of Thieves, which is why I think I liked it yeah. as a kid. Yeah, um, there's, there's there's a little more action in King of Thieves. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. I was not expecting, uh, I wasn't expecting King of Thieves to be in widescreen, Mm -hmm. um, which really glad that it is. Um, did they, did they change all of the aspect ratios for a lot of their shows? No, they, they haven't for their shows. Um. Darkwing Duck and DuckTales and even Stevens were all in the original 4x3. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Uh, just more, it'd be more work on Disney to try to stretch them and make them look good. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they still, I mean, they, they look fine. Yeah. You can, you can definitely tell that they're, you know, 20 plus years old. Mm-hmm. Well, that's generalized because even Stevens is technically only 19. Uh, yeah. But that's still other, insane though, to think that that show is almost 20 years old. Like, yeah. The other shows are almost 30. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So what are you, what are your Disney plus impressions? Like besides the launch day bugginess, like. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> I really like it. I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed just, I mean, nostalgia sells, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that Disney really hit the nail on the head because I think they're just—I think this is such a good thing for 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 families, especially of small children, that they would like to introduce slash keep them distracted while they try to do other things around the house. You know, yep. you can just pop on—you you, you can pop on like Tailspin and just. And just I let, love Tailspin. Right? <laughs> you just pop on Tailspin and just and just let your kids watch that, you know. Or you can get together and watch something, you know, watch something as a family. I think that I think that they've they've nailed it, you know. And they have some they have something for everyone. You know, you you have something for well, I say you have something for everyone. I think everything that Disney produces is more or less family friendly. Um, yeah. So, like, but if, say, if the parents and the family got it for something that is more their speed, like something like The Mandalorian, 
for example, I think that um, they they have that they had that option, right? Yeah. But if they wanted to do something more family friendly, or they want to do something for they, they just want to do something for their kids, they have those options as well. So I think that Disney Disney um, did. I think they I think they are hitting a a demographic that a lot of other streaming services are missing. I think Hulu and Netflix would like to have more mature audiences watch their content, especially Netflix. When you look at the type of shows and movies that they produce, they're very specifically going for older, older, more mature audiences. Disney is strictly all family based, but it's cool that Disney can do something like the Mandalorian, which will probably be one of the more, like for for the older kind of like demographic show on their platform at the moment until the Marvel stuff comes out and um and it still be okay for the the family to watch. So um yeah, I mean I think that Disney Plus is a really good addition to kind of the the instant streaming family. I've I've had a blast just thumbing through it so far. Yeah. Um the best thing about Disney Plus is you're right. Like I think it's the the family friendly nature of it. They went on record saying that there's nothing going to be nothing above PG thirteen on there, which again for 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 younger kids is not is not it's just not suitable. But you don't have to worry about them, you know, seeing grotesque violence. Um like if they did happen to turn on one of those PG thirteen movies or something, right? Um, like you would on Netflix uh, or Hulu or Amazon, whatever. Um, it's it, yeah, it's really good. And the 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 thing about the Mandalorian is it appeals to the a wide audience, but it's only TV PG. You know, like. Yeah. I, I was sh- I was shocked because honestly for TV PG it's it's a pretty pretty violent show, um, like yeah, especially that opening scene <laughs> where that dude gets cut in half. Gets cut in half by the <laughs> door. That happens when you change camera angles. You're just like, oh, I know what happened to him, but they didn't show it. But I know what happened, which is really good storytelling. Like we don't have yeah. to show you what happened to, but you know what happened. Yes. <laughs> So I like that. I like that storytelling. Like we're not, we don't have to show you what happened for you to know what happened. So, right. And you know what? I think this is the perfect time to just go into talking about Mandalorian. Like you've seen the first episode. I've, I've seen the first two episodes, but, um, I can, I could talk about that first episode. Like it's just so good. Yeah. The, the pacing is, the pacing is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so one of the things that I've noticed is that that there have been some people who have said that the Mandalorian is great. Some people have said that the Mandalorian was underwhelming. Um, I I don't I didn't have sky high expectations for the Mandalorian, and that's not because I don't believe in Disney's ability to do things well with Star Wars. That's just I just go into things just looking to be entertained and so over that like 40 or so minute period i was just thinking to myself like is this entertaining me and i was i really had a blast watching it i think one of the things that people were wondering was 
li- in a live action setting, could Star Wars make it on the small screen? Could they take what they do on the big screen and condense it down and give us something that we can still like chew on and enjoy? Um, and I thought that the Mandalorian did a a great job. I thought they did. I thought they blend. They did a really good job at blending practical with CGI. Yeah. There were very few instances where I could tell that something was definitely CGI. Um, right. You know, I think there was like a ship early on in the in the in the first episode where I was like, "That's CGI." Yeah. Uh, but other than that, other than that, everything was everything was great, and they built a lot of practical sets as well. Yeah. Uh, to kind of give the that real kind of like lived in feeling that star wars always have like yes it's futuristic but it's also kind of grimy and lived in um which is part of the charm to it and um yeah i know you and i talked and i'm sure you would talk a little bit more about about what you what you shared with me um there is a little bit of concern over whether or not um Pedro Pascal's character will be able to carry the sympathetic protagonist kind of arc mm-hmm. all the way through when his character will never ever take off his helmet. So at least so right. as far as we know, at least as far as we know right now, he will never take off his helmet. Right. He said multiple times, Mandalorians don't take off their helmets. So we don't know if that'll change. Um, and so that will have so the supporting cast will have to will have to do a lot. Um, to ensure that we kind of feel for feel for the character, but I think that the way that I mean, just the way that he did little subtle movements and different things like that in certain situations, kind of still lent to that, um, and just little things that he did kind of lent to that kind of sympathetic protagonist. So I, yeah, I, I, I had I had a blast watching it, and I'm I'm really excited about the rest of the season. What do you think? I yes, I really enjoyed it, and I I think. I don't know if I was as concerned with the being masked as I was to their not necessarily being a full-time supporting character. Um, you know, so I, um, I really enjoyed it. I, I, he was, he's really silent, which I don't hate. Like, um, I think having the visuals kind of tell the story is very it's very accurate for what the Mandalorian is. The Mandalorian is a bounty hunter. Um I I really enjoy how John Favreau has been telling this really good story with let's just I I don't know what the exact percentages is, but I'll just, I'll say 70% visuals, 30% dialogue. Yeah. Um it's probably more like 60/40. Um but um when in the first episode whenever he goes to the planet and he meets the local the old guy who always says I have spoken. Um That's Nick Nolte <laughs> by the way. Um As, Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah, Nick That's Nolte's awesome. back from the dead. Um <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Um yeah, he I think I, I I think that it's just it's so it's just so good and so interesting how this is panning out because it it's 
it gives me a, a, a very similar feel to what Rogue One gave me. Um, That's not a bad feeling. It's not a bad feeling. Um, and not um, that there wasn't dialogue in Rogue One, because there was a crap ton of dialogue in Rogue One. I'm just saying, like, I like that there's not a huge emphasis on the Force and the Jedi. We're just expi- we're exploring the, the universe. Yeah. Uh, like, it's really nice to kind of take... take Because not that those things aren't great. It's just nice to take a break from it and, like, see what else is happening in the world of Star Wars, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think that... I mean, Jedi... Jedi and Sith are so synonymous with Star Wars that it's kind of hard to, you know, you. It, I would imagine it'd be hard to keep people entertained, you know, unless, unless you know, you have somebody bring out a lightsaber and swing it at somebody, you know, <clears throat> which is why I think that, and I think that that was one of the only reasons that that Darth Vader corridor scene was added into Rogue One mm-hmm. because I don't think it necessarily needed it, but that was a very visceral bit of fan service. And I think it uh, largely people, I mean, love that part of, of that movie, you know, a very visceral yes. fan service. And fan service is never, fan service is never a bad thing. A lot of times people talk about fan service in negative, in a negative context and mm-hmm. fan service Fan service is there because people like it. So you give, you're going to give people what they what they like. So that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel every time you make something. And so um, it is really cool to see um, kind of other aspects of Star Wars. Because, again, like it's a galaxy far, far away. It's not it's not one family. It's not one group of people or two like warring like factions is right. a galaxy. So like you have Jedi and you have Sith and Star Wars, but you also have like bartenders and bounty hunters and like yeah. dancers and and like and like all of these different people. So it's just cool to see us look at, you know, a bounty hunter. I also was confused about the setting when I was watching the entire show. I was I was I thought that the setting was taking place around the time of rogue one in between episodes three and four but then when i heard one of the characters talk about the fall of the empire i was like okay so we're like after episode six yeah okay cool so i was confused a little bit at first and that was just me not necessarily doing my homework on like where things were taking place but um yeah i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be great i think this first season is gonna be gonna be a blast they've already re-up for a second season so i guess lucasfilm liked what they saw with Mandalorian. So, yep, all the episodes, all new episodes are going to be released every Friday with the exception of uh, the Friday that will be December 20th, which is Rise of Skywalker. The episode of Mandalorian will be released on the Wednesday that week. So, I'm I'm really excited. I love the show. Yes, it's really good and um I look, I look forward to seeing where they take it. They they took it um I like where they took it with episode two, but I guess we'll talk about more of that uh, later. Whenever you've watched it, um, <laughs> let let's talk a, a little bit about uh, Jedi Fallen Order. You've played you've played more than I have. You've played by a 
it, probably 30 more minutes than I have, maybe an hour. Mm. Um, so I, I downloaded it this morning. I had a Xbox gift card. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it, but I ended up getting it. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, it, it, it borrows a lot of ideas from other games, which a lot of times, a lot of times people kind of knock games for doing that. Um, but with this, I just think it works so well. Like to me, the world traversal feels a lot like, um, uncharted, which is one of my favorite games. And so why wouldn't I like the world traversal? Like, why wouldn't I like climbing around and jumping around on things? Um, the combat is very reminiscent of maybe the Arkham games slash, uh, early Assassin's Creed games, but better. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and they, I mean, they borrow elements from a lot of things. Um, the, the controls are tight. The, uh, I mean, I just imagine the story is going to be really good. I've only seen the very first part of it, but, um, the character is pretty compelling. Um, I yeah. I, after playing pretty much the introductory mission, I I really enjoy it. I look forward to see where else it goes. Yeah. Um, this this I the satisfaction of having a good single player Star Wars game. I don't even think I can put into words. Like how happy I was playing this game for the first time yesterday. Um, considering that EA has had the Star Wars license for several years now, and they have canceled more Star Wars games than they have made in the time that they've had the license. Yep. And all the ones that they've canceled have been single-player games. But even leading up to this game's release, their marketing for this game has been poor. Like... Back in back in June, when this game first showed up at E3, people felt really lukewarm about it. Like they announced it the year before at EA Play and didn't say anything else about it. Yep. Um, and then they they showed it to people at E3, and people were kind of they just saw this generic kind of gameplay that made the game look like it was going to be really linear. But then as time went on, they were, they were showed people will actually this game has a lot of exploration to it and that's the charm of this game i think that a lot of people have been talking a lot about the combat and i think that the combat in the game is one of its selling points but i yes. think the charm of the game the charm of the game the thing that will that will pull people in is the exploration this game this game like begs you to thumb around and explore it like, does like there are large sections of there are large, even even in the couple of hours that I've played so far, there are sections of this game where you're just walking, you're just walking around, you're not fighting anything, and the game puts the the game puts the expectation on you to go and explore. You have a okay. map that you can pull up at any time, and it will show you areas that you have not explored yet that are accessible to you, and areas that you haven't explored yet that are inaccessible to you. Which means that 
you don't have something that will allow you to get to certain spaces. But once you go and get it, and it, and going and getting that going and getting that um, thing is typically a force power that allows you to access certain areas, maybe on a completely different planet. So not only are they expecting you to explore when you're currently on a planet, but they're expecting you to go back and explore planets once you once you've kind of rounded out the <clears throat> area more. So yeah, uh, like if if you were to get this game, or if you were interested in this game. Um, but you were on the fence because of the history of the publisher's handling of this of this um, this license. I would say, I would say, get it. It's one of the better games of 2019, mm-hmm. hands down. It's one of the better games of 2019. It will be in the conversation for game of the year. I don't think it will win it because it still has some problems. Yeah, but I think it will be in the conversation for game of the year, and rightfully so. It is very good. Um, but if you do decide to get this, don't expect it to be full like a like heavy action. Like expect it to kind of draw you in with its exploration. If you're not into exploration, then maybe this isn't the game for you. But um, if you are into exploration, this this <clears throat> game I think will 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 scratch that itch. I yeah I'm I'm so happy that <clears throat> in. In Respawn, we trust. They are such a good company. They make yeah. stuff. And so if EA only allows Respawn to make Star Wars games that are single-player going forward, I won't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't see them, I don't see them doing that because Apex is really popular. But I do see... I, I mean, there's going to be a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, probably. If if not a direct sequel, because, I mean, obviously neither of us have played it through. We don't know how it ends. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, a spiritual sequel to where it's, like, not necessarily containing their, or um, following the same story, but it has the same mechanics, etc., but, like, a different era of Star Wars. Yeah. Um and I, I say that because of where it takes place in the Star Wars story. It takes place right after, or essentially right after Order 66. It's about um, five or so years after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it takes place in the same era as Rebels, the TV show. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I'd be shocked if there wasn't some sort of sequel to this, I don't think, or I I hope that it doesn't get the Force Unleashed treatment, um, where they ordered a sequel, but it they 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 really wanted it, so they rushed it. You know, um, sadly, I could see EA doing something along those lines, um, but at the same time, I think respawn has enough pull within ea because when respawn first joined ea they were kind of screwed over um with the titanfall 2 release um and then they made apex which made ea oodles and oodles of money so they they kind of call their own shots which is rare for a developer with a publisher like EA. Like, um, I think that they have a lot of, um, 
yeah, they have just a lot of good rapport with EA because of Apex. Um, and so they can kind of almost, I don't want to say do whatever they want, but they, they can almost do whatever they want. Um, I think that, if you if you read some of the stories surrounding kind of the development of this game, EA had almost no involvement with with Jedi Fallen Order. EA yep. EA posed the idea to respawn, and then respawn gathered the team, and EA just let them make the game. Like EA let them make the game. EA let them choose the release date. Like yep. like, like like respawn were in total control of what they did with this project. Mm-hmm. The, the the fear is if this game makes EA a lot of money, EA might start trying to pull some strings to get a sequel made or a spiritual sequel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, just like you said, and that might rush it a little bit. But if they keep the same team or a similar team to this one, at least with the same director, because the director for this game is a guy who made God of War 3. Um, oh, okay. So he's got, he's got some action adventure chops. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, and the CEO of Respawn was the CEO of the old Infinity War that made Call of Duty 4, Vince right. Zampella. So I think that like, if they um, keep that core together, I don't think that they'll run into many problems. Because I think, I think to myself about the potential for issues that are there, like what happened with BioWare and Mass Effect. Um, the, they their team slowly started kind of like leaking away yeah up, up to the point where andromeda was released and then by the time andromeda was released the team was totally different that from the team that made the first three mass effect games yeah and so i'm hoping that they can find a way to keep that core intact because they i think they i think they captured lightning in a bottle with yeah. this game it's very I good. agree go play it right now if you can go <laughs> Sell an organ. Even if you can't, it, you can rent it for a couple bucks at Redbox. Like, no, it's no, there. No, 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 no. Sell an organ. <laughs> <laughs> sell, sell, an organ. sell a couple organs, all right? Yeah, hey, sell a couple okay. organs. Okay, what I'm saying to you. Hey, don't need to say it again. Uh, you know, from there, I think we've given sufficient impressions on both Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order. Um, let's talk a little bit of sports. So, last night... The Browns and the Steelers, classic AFC North rivalry. Oh, yeah. Um, They were playing, and the Browns looked pretty good and won pretty handily. They they won 21-7. to Um, But in the last quarter of the game, um, there was was a a brawl, like a bench-clearing brawl, started by um, one of the defensive ends of the Browns. Um, he, he tackled the, the quarterback for the Steelers. Um, and let me see, I, I need, I need some names here. Um, Mason Rudolph, he hit Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph. Um, and Miles Garrett ended up hitting Mason Rudolph with Mason Rudolph's helmet. Um, and in the head, in the head. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he was ejected, um, and it looks like he's going to be suspended for the rest of the season, which honestly is yeah, almost—it almost seems light. Yeah, um, it seems like he could 
be charged with battery. Like, I mean, you can kill someone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the I, I saw I saw a clip of this. I didn't watch the game. Um, I saw a clip of this, and the like security was getting involved. Like, it could have turned into an all-out riot in Cleveland last night. Like it could have gotten fans involved. Thank thankfully it didn't. It just cleared the bench and um Miles Garrett got uh ejected. But I think my favorite thing like oh Mason Rudolph's okay by the way. He's he's fine. Um he must have a head of steel. He must not even need a helmet. Um <laughs> but it was funny in an interview afterwards he was like that was a real Bush League move. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that's like all he had to say, pretty much. That's, that's a real Bush League move. Yeah. <laughs> I said just saw a clip of it. That's awful. Yeah. I yeah. Heck. Um, thankfully, also, none of the Browns, uh, like none of Miles Garrett, Garrett's teammates supported what Miles Garrett did. Um in fact, uh, I think Baker Mayfield even said something along the lines of, like, that's inexcusable. There's no room for that in football. Um, and also, thankfully, Miles Garrett was, like, remorseful or seemed remorseful. Um, you know, they're, they're, they always say this about sports, but, like, football in general is just, like, a really high emotion and adrenaline sport. Yeah. Totally. So sometimes. Sometimes those can get the best of you and like primal instincts take over and you just kind of go crazy for a second. And I think that's what happened with Miles Garrett. Um, Earlier this season, he got knocked out cold on a play. I remember that. Yeah. Um, So I wonder. So part of me kind of wonders if they, um, didn't let him rest long enough because he was out with a concussion for like a week. Um, maybe he needed to be out a little bit longer on concussion protocol. Um, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to stand up for him or anything. I'm just trying to offer an explanation because stuff like this doesn't happen very often in the NFL. No, definitely not. Um, and very rarely, like, I mean, helmets come off every once in a while. I still don't completely understand that. I mean, they have straps, but people don't get hit by their own helmet. <laughs> um, benches do get cleared surprisingly often, but um, there, I feel like the fight's always broken up pretty quickly. But um, so with all of the facts lined up, do you think? The season, like this, this inning Miles Garrett season is enough punishment. Do you think he'll get fined a significant amount? I feel like he should be fined because I think that I don't, I don't want to because I don't, I don't want to put too much on on Miles Garrett for what he did but at the same time I would say that um in his <clears> defense he, he may he may be saying 
oh, well, I mean, he, he didn't even get hurt. Well, you're mm-hmm. not being punished for the result of your action. You're being punished for the action itself. Mm-hmm. So I know Miles Garrett would never want to actually hurt. Like, to, he, wouldn't, he would never actually want to hurt him. Right? Yeah. It's, I assume so. I, I assume he would never actually want to, like, hurt someone, like, cause serious, cause serious injuries or things like right. that. Um, but, it, you know, when you get, it, when you get a uh, rush of blood to the head, you, you don't think. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he should be, he should be punished. Um, I think he should be punished, and I think that he probably should have to apologize. Because that's just not a bad. That's not just a bad look for you. It's a bad look for your team, yeah. As well, you know, when you have your teammates coming out. Because I mean, your teammates have to all answer questions that mm-hmm. you don't because you got ejected. There, every single one of them that goes and does any anything related to the press, uh, your, your teams, your coaches, like they are going to be the ones who are going to be asked, "What do you make of Miles Garrett's mm-hmm. like antics tonight?" And all of them are going to have to speak for you. But I think that he should have to come out himself and apologize. Um, even if he doesn't necessarily want to, I think that he should be made to. Um, because, because disciplinary, like, disciplinary mess-ups are known to ruin NFL careers. Yeah. Um, Albert Hainsworth is a really big, big proponent of that as well just like if Mm -hmm. you can't handle if you can't keep a cool enough head on the field um you don't get to you don't get to play and if you're not playing you're not making money so like i think that i I think that it may not necessarily go that far from miles garrett but i i will say like he he needs to find a way to come out admit that he was wrong serve serve whatever suspension that he has and put this behind him you know yeah you know and and that may that may stink at first but i think that that's that what that's what needs to happen so yeah i agree and i honestly albert hamsworth came to mind for me too um yeah his his career was kind of ruined for an outlash on the field um yeah, I think I think I think if Miles Garrett owns up more than Albert Hainsworth did, I think he'll be fine career-wise. Um just kind of take the suspension with grace. Um but yeah, it, it's it's always those rivalry games that get the best of you, you know. Time. You never know how they're going to go. Mm-mm. Honestly, I expected the Steelers to win, but um, Browns have been not looking bad the last couple games. Um, What's their record now? Are they? Th- they're not in the positives yet. They're still they're four and six right okay. now, but they've won two straight. Okay. Yeah. Um, who knows what the what the rest of the season brings? Um, it's better than the Falcons. I can't believe the Falcons decided that they were just going to show up against one of the best teams in the NFL. I know. This past week made me so mad. <laughs> I know because everyone was like, "All right, just play for a good draft pick," and then they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, let's completely fall <laughs> out on New Orleans. Like blank the Saints. Let's just yeah. hold them to nine points or however many. I think it was nine points. Yeah, one of the best offenses in the league. Just yeah. like. No big deal. Whatever. Um, I can Those talk. Games. 
I could talk NFL all day, but I was I was wondering if you had any other things that you wanted to bring up. No, you know this this week I actually didn't really look look at a ton of sports. Uh, so okay. yeah, no, not 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 this week. I'll make I'll make sure to I'll make sure to bring to bring something real good next week. Hey, you know it's all good. Um, that's actually that's actually okay. I think from there. I'm going to go into 20 questions. <laughs> oh, I've been dreading this. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> because, because I know I know you were super salty at Bendit Light Beckham, and I was like, I'm yep. screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to... Please don't be a movie. ...give you the opportunity to... <laughs> Guess this movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I'm so screwed. <laughs> okay. So, take it away with the questions. Okay. Um, did this movie, was this movie released after 2010? No. Oh, great. <laughs> so was this movie released after 2000? No. Oh, why you? Are you serious? <laughs> 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 was this movie released? Okay, was this movie released in the 90s? Yes. Okay, all right. I don't know why I said that. Like, but yeah, I'm going to get it. It's like, well, huh? <laughs> Were the bad boys? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> That'd have been sweet. Um, is it an action film? No. That's five, right? Yes. Okay. Um, is it a rom com? No. An action film, not a rom com. Horror slash nope. suspense? Nope. Sports film? Nope. What? <laughs> Just giving you the facts. <laughs> Just giving you the facts. <laughs> um, I said action, horror, suspense. Like romantic comedy. Is it a comedy? Yes. Is it a comedy? Okay. Um, is the protagonist or the main character white? No. Is the main character black? Yes. Is the, is the majority of the main cast black? No. Okay. Um, are any of the... So, if the main character is black, I guess my question is, is the co-star to the main character of a different ethnicity? Yes. Okay. How many, how many am I on now? 
That was 13. 13. Okay. Um, oh, my gosh. Is... Is the co-star female? No. Okay, so the co-star is male. Is the co-star male? Yes. Okay, I just want to get to the hint. <laughs> okay, your hint is... This movie is on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Are you serious? And it's a comedy. Yep. That's like 90% of Disney's material. They're all, all comedies. 90, I didn't say all. I said 90%. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's on Disney Plus and it came out in the 90s. Yep. What the heck? Um... Oh no! Was it? Is this a Disney Channel original film? No. Dang it! <laughs> I could have narrowed it down from there. Not a Disney Channel original film. Was it a television movie, or was it a was it a television movie? Um, I was going to ask if it was a television movie or a feature length film, but that's not a yes or no question. It... Like when it was originally released, right. did it come out on TV? No. Okay, so it was a feature length then. Um. Yeah. Three more questions. Two. So I have two questions and a guess. Yep. Oh no! <laughs> Try to guess an actor. I don't know any actors that did Disney comedies in the nineties that were feature length. So I'm kind of stumped. Um, is the main actor like notable? They do a lot of work. In the 90s, yes. In the 90s, yes. That doesn't help. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, have, I have a hint, but it might spoil it, but it also might not. Uh, you don't have to give me the hint. I want to give you the hint. You want to? Yes. Um, the main actor for this movie is the subject for one of the most famous instances of the Mandela effect. Uh, I've got no idea. I, right. I am stumped. 
released on August 30th, 1996. Okay. To middling reviews. Nice. <laughs> Starring Sinbad. No! Yes. First kid. <laughs> That's garbage. Are you serious? Okay. On Disney Plus. That that is that is proper payback for Bendit like Beckham. I will yeah. give you that. I will give you that. I will <laughs> give you that. I I've learned my lesson. I won't do that. I won't do that. To be fair, I felt like Bendit like Beckham was proper payback for James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> so, I think this is just going to be a payback. Are, are we just going to stump each other every week? I mean, we really could with Disney Plus. You, you better be scrolling through Disney Plus, like just memorizing all those, memorizing who's yeah. in them, what they're about. You don't have to watch them. But uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, Sinbad, there, there's a lot of people that remember a movie called Sinbad, you know, yes. about the, the what was it, like Persian pirate or whatever, yeah. starring Sinbad, but that movie does not exist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pretty, very famous instance of the Mandela effect. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, I know Sinbad, Sinbad did so much in the 90s. Yeah. He was in just a lot of, he, he was just, he was just taking work mm-hmm. wherever he could get it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. One one and two. <laughs> Frustrating. <laughs> All right. Uh, from there, everyone, you can find us on patreon.com slash Weisscast. Uh, the raw video of this will be uploaded to there. Um, you can have access to that by just uh, subscribing for a dollar a month or... You can wait a little longer and get the edited version um, audio only on your podcast service of choice. Uh, find us on Weisscast.com for all the uh, subscription or all the uh, podcast services that we're on. I think we're on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, I think we're even on iHeartRadio. I don't know. Um yeah, we're we're everywhere. Everywhere you can find a podcast, pretty much find us there. I am your host, Aaron Weiss. You can find me at the Weiss is Right. Bryant, where they can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at Bryant Stinson and on Instagram at bkstinson08. Cool. Uh, from there, we are going to get out of here, and we will leave you with the Star Wars Force theme. Remixed by Far Out. Find them on Spotify. I'm not Spotify. Whoops. Don't find them on Spotify. Find them on SoundCloud. Uh, link will be in the description. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. I think this is a good episode. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. week.